0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part four of our state-of-the-art 2008 on CT. And last time I spoke at the end about a couple applications like pancreas and liver, and let's talk about kidney. You can see from these images the quality, whether it's volume rendering or MIP, the detail not only of cortical medullary differentiation, but of vascular patterns of the kidney. And that's so important because when we speak about kidney and we look at neovascularity, When we look at the role of CT in partial nephrectomy, when we look at AV shunting to help determine whether a lesion is a clear cell versus papillary carcinoma, when we look at infiltration to determine whether a lesion is a transitional cell versus renal cell carcinoma, the vascular maps indeed become so important to us. The same thing is true in terms of staging. Here's a large, obvious renal cell carcinoma But what's critical in this case is as we look through the images and see the perirenal cobwebs, the neovascularity, is the extension of tumor into the patient's renal vein, uh, making that a very important factor. Does not go into IVC, but goes into renal vein. As opposed to this case, well, here's a few more images. Again, look at the renal vein very nicely, beyond the tumor. So we're very good at that, or in this case where we see renal vein involvement, as well as extension into the IVC. So CT in terms of staging, the vascular mapping, the importance in this image of the uh, venous phase imaging is indeed very clear. We also make the point about 3D imaging helpful, but you need to be careful. Hypervascular lesion left kidney. Again, always difficult to see those vascular lesions on early phase imaging, particularly when they don't change the renal contour. But be careful, especially if you use MIP, because... Here you can see the projection image with MIP, how you don't see that very obvious lesion. Now we also speak about the kidneys, not just in the vascular 3D mapping. Look at this case, early phase imaging, something is infiltrating the renal pelvis. And when you get past the renal pelvis down to the uh, CT urogram, it's very nice to be able to see the infiltration of the calyces, very classic transitional cell carcinoma. Now sometimes you're just not going to appreciate it unless you look at the 3D mapping. I think you should see this case, there's something filling in the left renal pelvis. But boy, look at it in the coronal display, you see something growing up into the renal pelvis, dilating in the upper pole calyces, the irregularity of the proximal aspect of the upper pole calyx, very nice visualization of a classic transitional cell carcinoma. Now I showed you before some of the uh, renal arterial mapping, but things we use it for, whether it's renal donors in this patient with two left renal arteries, or it's the ability to look at fibromuscular dysplasia, very clearly seen on the sequence of images, or looking at this next patient with an incidental, but important, almost two sonometer left renal artery aneurysm. These are the things we're able to routinely visualize. And again, that whole idea of very fast scanning very fast visualization indeed is critical. And it's not just in the abdomen. Example, looking at the patient's carotids, carotid artery disease, pulling the carotids out, calcified plaque stenosis, internal carotids, right greater than left, nicely shown. Or this example in a patient with Lois Dietz where the carotids are indeed very ectatic. One of the things you see in the syndrome, there is the carotids at the base of the skull. And again, our ability to segment out those carotid arteries uh, and pull them out of the body becomes a very important application. And even in neuro, whether you're looking at the brain, basilar artery aneurysm in this case, small aneurysm, CT angiography is equal to classic angio for detecting these small aneurysms. Non-invasive study, easy enough to do, great detail, great visibility now we also speak about radiation dose we started the first lecture about that i always make the point that ct can reduce radiation dose if you plan correctly single study patient with gunshot wound you see the arteries intact you don't see any bony fracture you see the soft tissue injury but by doing the different renderings you're able to get all the information on a single examination now as you look toward the future things that you will see will be things that make things more quantitative that make our job easier we all do oncology the oncologists want tumor measurements it's very very boring to be frank comparing time a to time b to time c well there are techniques now where the computers help you define the volume of the lesion they can calculate it whether you're using the REST criteria, the WHO criteria, whatever criteria you want, we're now getting more accurate images in volumes in 3D, and we can compare those volumes over time. So again, these tools will be very important to make our job easier, but also for us to provide better service to our referring physicians and our patients by being more accurate. Last thing I'll comment on is something we started the talk with, which was cardiac CT, the importance of high spatial, high temporal resolution, how good cardiac CT is these days. We speak about calcium scoring, how it's impacting on how patients are managed. Again, the ability to counsel patients. One article is very nicely here that when you looked at all the articles published, the pooled sensitivity for coronary artery calcification scoring to detect an event or potential event was 98% and negative predictive value, 99.9%. So Indeed it's not just getting a number, but it's a number that tells us what patients will benefit from early therapy. Again, very, very important and is becoming a part of routine patient care. We talk about 64-slice CT, original articles, talking about uh, seeing the vessels and almost 90% seeing them well. I think about 95% of the time now, we can get a great CT study. Here was an article, 64-slice CT, sensitivity and negative predictive value of 100% to rule out significant stenosis, which typically means greater than 50%. But you can see from the images we get the detailed capabilities, the ability to analyze images. Here I'm changing with a lighting model. Here I'm showing you the right coronary artery in 3D, and then pulling those coronaries out in curved planar reconstruction, in this case with circulation software, to be able to analyze the vessel. So you can see it what our capabilities are. And doing this in real time, the ability to look at 3D nicely here with the to the, um, intermedius vessels, just very nice visualization, and the interactivity becomes critical. No, we don't judge the Gnosis based solely on the 3D mapping, but 3D's mapping is very good for stents, complex congenital anomalies, as well as to get a very nice lay of the land. So indeed it is very, very important. When you look at some of the uh, capabilities, we recognize in this case the patient's LED is normal, but you want to be very careful because if I just change the rendering a bit, it looks like there's a significant stenosis. Look at the image on your right. So it's important to recognize processing is critical. We can pick up important lesions, but be careful not to create lesions. That's why you need to be on the data yourself. Nice example, right coronary arises from the LAD. Let me show you multiple sets of images. It's the right plane, the right perspective that shows you that very well. And again, that becomes critical in this patient's management. Whether it's detection of plaque, be it calcified plaque or non calcified plaque the ability to quantify stenosis shown very nicely here the ability to develop workflow becomes critical in your application so in cardiac CT as Stefan Achenbach says you gotta look at the axials they're great but the 3D gives you that global perspective that's what I say see that in grayscale and you see it in color And then I segment the vessels, again every vendor does it differently, but you can pull the vessels out, stretch them like a piece of spaghetti, do a curved planar reconstruction, get very, very nice visualization of the entire vessel. So again, I look at the vessel in multiple ways to make sure I'm doing things correctly. And it's not just in native vessels or in anomalies, but bypass surgery becomes critical Uh, stents become critical and I'll speak about this in some future lectures. I also make the point that 3D is only part of the world. We look at a lot of things in 4D because we can do gated information. The ability to look at the aortic valve in this patient or look at the aortic valve closed and then open in this patient or to look at a bicuspid valve with calcification uh, as seen nicely in this patient or once patients have surgery and get AVR, seeing the valve function open and close from different perspectives, the capability of what we do is really increasing When I would say almost on a daily basis. It's very important to recognize that CT at 64 Slice and Beyond is disruptive technology. Nothing is ever the same. You need to change workflow, you need to change thought flow. You need to be able to remember that it's not just a bunch of slices. We need to optimize the integration of data acquisition with software allowing for optimal visualization of the data set. And you need to do it. And as I said at the beginning of the talk, it's radiology asset management. Getting the right data, analyzing it correctly, getting the results to the right, referring physician on the right device, whether it's their cell phone or their computer or delivered to their office at the point of care to make change. And I think radiology needs to be very careful that we need to have personalized radiology. The right test for the right patient, correct performance of the test by the provider, which is the radiologist. We need to interpret the study correctly with all the tools we have and then use that data very much for patient management. The quote published in Radiology last year, the increase in clinical applications and image quality that 64 Slice brings can lead to a sea of change in disease assessment and diagnostic medicine. That's absolutely correct. Another way of describing that is a song from Don Henley called The Heart of the Matter. The more I know, the less I understand all the things I thought I knew. I'm learning again. I've been trying to get down to the heart of the matter and that is exactly what's happening. Everything you thought you knew, you're going to have to learn again because things have changed. Now, I could sing some of that song. I could do the Eagles' greatest hits for you. But I think you probably appreciate more if I just said thank you for your attention and have a great day.